Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Watch it, folks, and welcome to the World Cricket Show, generally considered to be the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield, and I'll be your host tonight. And joining me once again on the telephone is popular twerp, Tony Kerr. How are you doing? Right. Not bad, Tony. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good morning. You've just woken up from a nap, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I had to really resist just bursting out laughing when you <laughs> when you appeared on my screen because uh, you were you were mid yawn. Uh, you're you're quite unshaven at the moment as well. I'm wearing pajamas. I just thought, oh, he's raring to go. He's ready for this. The pressure of the last few weeks has started to tell a bit. What pressure? Everything of the cricket World Cup, the fantasy league. Everything, the whole lot. I'm trying to attack too many fronts at the moment. I'm not really sure what that means. No. Anyway, I mean, yeah, what's going on with you? Well, I'm not so good, Tony, to be honest, because uh, it's my day off today, and I got up early, because uh, I was, you know, I was, I was really, uh, really excited about watching England play Bangladesh, uh, but I've got to say, I didn't enjoy it very much, because, oh, there he goes, he's yawning again. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like a, you're like a bear that needs, that's ready to hibernate. Yeah, that would be nice, actually. I think we're getting old, Tony. Saturday night, we were out, weren't we? Me and you and a bunch of other lads uh, for a friend's birthday. And it was, you know, it's Saturday night, it's the big night. But at about half nine, someone dared to admit that they were quite tired and everyone else was like, oh, thank God, yeah, I'm absolutely knackered as well. Everyone's too tired to do anything anymore. Well, I was out last night as well. <laughs> but I've just been operating on minimal sleep, really. It's not big and it's not clever, but... I think that's your problem. You try and make it sound as though it's work is... is driving you to this that you're you know you're just working so much that you're knackered all the time but actually it's that you're going out every night as well <laughs> well yeah exactly i don't really understand it though because i'm i'm this tired just from you know a, a normal life so i don't know how you are still functioning because you've got that life but you're also behaving as though it's fresh as week as well. <laughs> permanent fresh as it week. is effectively fresh as week <laughs> it is effectively fresh as week life is one big fresh as week for tony kerr <laughs> But yeah, the cricket's pretty uh, pretty exhausting as well, isn't it? it was, as, as I was saying, I can't say I enjoyed it very much this morning. I mean, let, let's get right into it, Tane, because it has been a big day at the Cricket World Cup. Bangladesh have knocked out England. It was a must-win game for England in Adelaide, uh, and they didn't win it. Bangladesh were put into bat by Owen Morgan, and they made 275 for seven from their 50 overs with a, an excellent 100 from Mamadullah. Uh, England, in their chase, got off to a pretty decent start with Ian Bell and uh, Alex Hales looking fairly comfortable at 97 for one. But then all of a sudden they fell apart in the middle overs to the Bangladesh seam bowlers. Rubel Hussain finished with four for 53 as England slumped 
to 260 all out in the 49th over, which meant that they lost the game by 15 runs and they were dumped out of the World Cup. Did you see this coming, Tone? Well, no, I suppose. Well, I think we expected England to get to the quarterfinal. You, you had to expect England to get to the quarterfinal. But then, you know, as each game unfolded, it became more predictable. And I think probably this morning, uh, or going into this match, it became very predictable of what would happen. Uh, one thing that's really surprised me, and I don't know whether I'm a fool for, for being surprised by this, is how much people hate England, particularly on Twitter, the kind of cricket Twitterati. Absolutely hate England. Are you talking about England fans or about fans of other teams? Yeah, England fans. Uh, I just think, I actually think the media and the cricketing, English cricket public as a whole is also partly to blame for this. Yeah, I, well, I agree with that to an extent in the sense that, yeah, when you look at England, this is true in a lot of sports, football being another one, clearly English players seem to feel the pressure more than players for other teams. I mean, England's cricketers in the last, well, in the last two to 56 months, uh, you know, you watch them play and they're clearly under pressure and you can see it today. They're just afraid, aren't they? They're playing fearful cricket. Yeah, a big part of that must be that a combination of media and public means yeah. that they know, they can they can picture the tweets yeah. that, are, that are being sent as as they nick behind, you know. So I do... Yeah, players, you know, m- m- well, most of this team, depressingly enough at this point, is now younger than me, younger than us. Uh, you know, and... Quite significantly younger than us. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not like, they're not, they haven't grown up in isolation. As fans of cricket, who've now playing cricket, you know, they are, they've emerged in this environment of hate and the kind of, Preordained kind of misery and predetermined misery. Yeah, so, you know, it's some, some of the stuff that was again on Twitter today, like the Jordan run out. <laughs> like the Jordan run out was the definition of unlucky for me. And yet, you know, you've got loads of people saying, well, it's not unlucky. They deserve it. They're so bad. They deserve it. And you just think, no, that was like, <laughs> you can't get more unlucky than that. Yes, it was a bit stupid. Like, you know, he brought it upon himself, but he, got, he was back in the crease. Yeah, well, this was he kind of tried to sneak a run and was sent back by Wokes at the other end uh, and then he dives into the crease and he makes his ground but his bat bounces up in the air and it hits the stumps while his bat is in the air uh, and yeah you, you can't really get much more unlucky than that yeah no I, I know what you mean in the sense that I think there's a lot to dislike about the England setup and we'll come on to some of it shortly but I don't really dislike any of these players uh, I think well I mean there's there's arguments to be had about one or two of them, perhaps, but I think most of them are are pretty decent, likable guys. It's just everything surrounding them that you know that that is so wrong. So I know what you mean in the sense that England fans hating them so much probably doesn't help. But you know maybe there are reasons why you know perhaps not to hate, but there there are big problems with this England environment at the moment and. I, I can certainly sympathise with people's frustrations because I, I, I feel them to an extent myself. I mean, I think I think we would be remiss to not say that Bangladesh fully deserved the win. Yeah, Mamadullah was brilliant with the bat and Rupert Hussain was brilliant as well with the ball. I mean, this is something that Bangladesh have really not had before is a genuinely quick bowler. He was quicker than any of the England bowlers and he was a real handful, actually, and he, he came back at the end and finished the job by clean bowling Stuart Broad and, and Jimmy Anderson, two of England's quick bowlers, and you know that that was quite fitting, I think. And and not only did Bangladesh deserve the win, but there is a big part of me that's pleased that they won, and not because I hate England, 
but because you know it was it was great scenes at the end wasn't it with the bangladesh players celebrating you could see how much it meant to them mashrafi mortaza the captain he just fell over when when the the final wicket was taken he just fell over he was that i don't know that happy that excited it it was fantastic to see the, yeah the, the 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 celebrations were amazing the the bangladesh fans throughout the game were brilliant as well you know they were just absolutely loving it the whole way through and you know you just think had england won there would have been a lot of people in england who'd have been like slightly begrudged the fact that england had won they'd have been, you know they wanted to see england fail so yeah i just think yeah go for it the team that well, the supporters are kind of up for it and uh, and yeah the, the play, immense sense of players yeah can't really knock them for that yeah i think it's it is ultimately probably better for cricket that Bangladesh won uh, than that England won. As England fans, it's very disappointing. Uh, but I suspect that fans of every other team in the world uh, are delighted for Bangladesh. I mean, it is hard to believe, I think, just how bad England have been at this tournament. They've lost four out of their five games. They've lost to every test side that they've played. And it's not just the fact that they've lost, it's the way that they've lost. I mean, they didn't get anywhere near Australia they got absolutely hammered by New Zealand. They didn't get anywhere near Sri Lanka. And ultimately, they, they looked inferior to Bangladesh as well. And even in, the, and even in victory against Scotland, they were slightly disappointing. They were unconvincing, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, so, I mean, we, we were talking about this at dinner the other night, Tone. Uh, you know, it's a pri- that was a private conversation. We, we were talking about it at dinner the other night, and I think we all decided that the best word to describe this team is pedestrian. There's no dynamism in the team, really. I mean, you look at what... The kind of batsmen that have been lighting up this World Cup, you know, De Villiers, Maxwell, McCullum. Joss Butler showed a, a flash of that today, but really, as a unit, there's not much flair about this side. There's not much personality. No, there's just none of the. There are yeah, none of the kind of big characters. The, the kind of I mean, down the order, Ian Bell's been hugely disappointing. Uh, you know, obviously Owen Morgan's been the, just a complete shell of of Owen Morgan. You know, James Taylor. The way he got out today was very, very meek, wasn't it? It was very terrified. Uh, uh, you know, and he's also uh, uh, suffered, he's been a victim, isn't he, of, of bad off-the-field choices that have been made. You know, he should have been batting where he batted in the build-up. So that was a bit of a nonsense. Yeah, Butler did show you a flash to me today. I mean, Alex Hales came in. I mean, what could you expect from him in his first game, I suppose? Yeah, very, very disappointing. Yeah, and they just they just don't. I mean, when when Joe Root is you know one of the the senior players, one of the big characters in the team, little Rute, that doesn't say many good things about the side. As much as he is an excellent player, you know, I think you you said the other week that they all look small, and I think you know there's just something about this England team at the moment that just doesn't fill you with confidence uh, when you watch them walk out. You know, I mean, I said after the New Zealand game that I wasn't angry, I was sad. Because it just seemed like they they just aren't good enough, uh, and there's an element of that here as well. It's not as though the England batsmen were getting caught on the boundary, playing stupid shots, if you like. It's that they just kept nicking behind, and they actually kept nicking. You know, they, they weren't sort of nicking off to world class bowlers; they were nicking off to military medium seam bowlers for the most part. You know, it wasn't Tim Southey, it wasn't Trent Bolt. Actually, this Bangladesh attack was, you know, is decent. Is perhaps better, a better attack than we've seen from them before, but it's not world class. And the fact that England just don't look good enough even against that attack, yeah, obviously they don't deserve to go through. I mean, lots been spoken, hasn't it, about the minnows and and all this nonsense kind of in the build up and during the World Cup. How many teams there should be for the next time out? You know, 
if you if England's record had been, you know, if you attributed that record to say any of the other teams or any minute, you'd have said, you know, you said, oh yeah, you know, they're just they've been spectacularly uncompetitive. They're way out of their depth. I mean, it, the, as, you know, as you said before, just the way the defeats have gone has been just unbelievably one-sided. At least this one was close. It was. It was quite an exciting game, actually. It was a really exciting game. I thought England were going to still going to win it. Uh, you know, there were several several kind of partnerships, mini partnerships, where you thought, well, actually, yeah, England have got back on top here. Well, when Stuart Broad hit that six towards the end, I did think England were going to win it. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's just been a, a hopelessly bad record in this tournament. It's laughable that this batting lineup was described by guys within the camp as the best that England have ever had. And, you know, we didn't think that that was correct at the time, but it's just so far away from being that um, that it's it's risible. But I mean, what is it? It's like deluded, isn't it? You know, cricket has never been so kind of yeah, cricketers and different teams being intermingled in the various tournaments around the world and the amount of coverage and everything. They must know the England team must know how far away they are from all these other players that you know they're absolutely tearing tearing things up in this World Cup. So I mean, what is the delusion to say that? Well, yeah, and when you see, you know, the big thing about this World Cup has been that it's really driven home the point that it's a batsman's game now and, you know, with only four fielders out and, like, several scores of 400 already. I mean, Stuart Broad tweeted the other day that it looks like 400 is the new 300 in ODIs. I mean, England are never getting 400. Are they? <laughs> Just, they're, that's never going to happen. And they keep getting bowled out as well. It, it, it's another occasion today where they've got bowled out before their 50 overs are up. And so, yeah... I mean, we can talk about the bowling as well, which has been very poor. But when you look at it on paper, the batting lineup looks reasonably strong, but it's just not delivered to any degree. As always, the one upshot of an England defeat, nay, humiliation, uh, is the opportunity to watch a bit of Bob Willis' reaction. Did you see, <laughs> did you see him afterwards? I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've recorded it because I thought that is unmissable television. It was genius. He basically just launches into... Uh... Uh, this little rant, pre-prepared rant about how how four senior England players are guilty as charged, <laughs> and he's, he's like Ian Bell, Owen Morgan, uh, James Anderson, Stuart Broad, the sentence, and he just looks straight at the camera, like straight down the camera. He's like, life without ODI cricket, <laughs> genius, brilliant, a little yeah. withering stare. That's what we do on this show now, is just repeat things that have been said <laughs> on the verdict. <laughs> I just The verdict's one of the great... When you've got Colville and Willis, the verdict just is unmissable TV. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, where do England go from here now, Tone? Obviously, where they go now is back to England. <laughs> but, you know, going forward, we're going into another four-year cycle now. We've had another desperately disappointing World Cup you've got to imagine that 2019 will be equally disappointing because nothing ever changes but you know what what would be your first step towards building for 2019 at this point that's a really difficult question they've got that some of these players have got to be good enough have they you know we can't write the whole whole lot off obviously there'll be players that won't be there in 2019 but you've got to find some way of, of getting of getting more out of the players and I don't, I don't know what that is just yet yeah, and I mean, I think that's the main thing, isn't it? And that is where the focus is going to be in the aftermath of this. I mean, there will be changes to the playing personnel. You've mentioned the the four that Willis sentenced to life without ODI cricket, and it's very possible that all four of them will be out of the team 
uh, going forward. I mean, Morgan they might look to keep, but he's probably been the most disappointing of all. But Jimmy Anderson and, and Stuart Broad have been awful in this tournament, and Anderson is at an age now where he probably will look to just concentrate on test cricket, and that's, you'd imagine, the right thing for, for him and the team. Broad should still have quite a bit of ODI cricket left in him, but actually he hasn't got a great record in general. I think since the last World Cup, he's averaging over 40 with the ball. And he's not really, he's not a batsman to speak of anymore either. So I think he probably needs to make way now. But this is the thing, because, you know, when I said, I'm I'm not angry, I'm sad, it's because you just, because it's not as if there are all these players out there who could come in and do a better job. I'm not angry about the fact that the wrong decisions are being made in the selection and that sort of stuff. It's just, well, if Anderson and Broad go, it's going to be Wokes and Jordan leading the attack, and I'm not sure that's going to be any better. But, like you say, you've got to find a way to get more out of these players than is happening at the moment. And the players aren't the real problem. I think, I think another big reason why I'm not angry about this, even though it is utterly calamitous, is that I'm hoping that this defeat will bring about real change and not in the way that I'm that you're talking about other people on Twitter being you know hating England it's just that clearly England are going in the wrong direction at the moment in all of their cricket and I do hope that something as you know as seismic as this might force out Peter hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Moors and Paul Downton, who I, I, I don't think are the right men for the job. And you'd say, well, England were never going to win this World Cup anyway. And coming into the tournament, we didn't think they were going to win. And after the first few games, clearly they weren't going to win. But had they got to the quarterfinals and just lost to India, it's very probable that Downton and Moores and, and everyone else would have said, oh, well, that was that's a shame, but you know, we'll move forward now, we'll, we'll go forward. So in, in a way, perhaps it's better that this happens. It, it, it might be enough of a shock to bring about some changes, or it should be. I'm not angry at the moment, but if Moores and Downton stay, then I might be angry. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in some ways, uh, you know, for, for them, the fact that they're going to have full houses in the summer because of the ashes in England might paper over the cracks slightly, won't they? That, you know, that really the only way to, to change things is for people just to not, you know, to lose interest, which they will. But, you know, it could be a very tough... The rest of the year, you know, for England, uh, when you look at kind of what's coming up, it doesn't look like a lot of fun, really, at this stage. Well, yeah, there's the Caribbean tour, but then New Zealand are coming to England. New Zealand are going to be big favourites for that, and then it's the Ashes. Australia are going to be big favourites for that, and they go to Pakistan. Pakistan are going to be big favourites in that series, and they go to South Africa. South Africa are going to be big favourites in that series. It could be a very long year. Could be a very long year, and then you've got, you know, it culminates with the, the World 2020 kind of this time next year, doesn't it? Yes, and they're not going to go into that very highly fancied either. 
And for me, I just think, well, with all that tough cricket coming up, you've got to have the right people in place to giving them any kind of a chance. And I just don't think Peter Moore is the right people. I mean, he spoke to Sky after the game, and when he was asked what went wrong, he replied, I don't know, we'll have to analyse the game data. Perhaps he can start by analysing ways using phrases like game data. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think he has to go, too. I mean, he's, he's been in charge for 11 months now, and England have delivered nothing but failure in that time. Tough to think of a more uninspiring figure as well. You saw when Jordan got run out. He just went and sat down and wrote something down in his little notebook. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. Oh, there, there, there was one image that did annoy me, and it was like, uh, I think it was, yeah, after the uh, after the, the final wicket and you know, the Bangladesh players are celebrating, it was kind of, you know, director cuts to Moores and Joe Root sitting on the, the just on the uh, the bench, and Joe's just kind of blowing bubble gum. <laughs> just slightly irritating. That's that's the new McLaren with his brolly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be the enduring image from this tournament. Very irritating. There was something about the fact Moores was wearing shorts as well. That <laughs> me. I don't know why. <laughs> and he was just like he was also he was up and arguing as well about the, uh, the the Jordan decision. Oh dear! But he's just he's a walking personality vacuum, isn't he? And I just think that's such a huge part of coaching at international level is just being a. You know, a charismatic figure who can try and get the best out of players who clearly are international class in the first place, otherwise they wouldn't be there. Yeah. But yet, you know, after 11 months in charge, none of the players are improving under Moors, and in fact, most of them are getting worse. And that's got to be surely the yardstick by which you judge somebody. And I, I might even have more patience for him if it wasn't for the fact that he was a complete failure the first time. <laughs> so bringing him back was a. Was a, a best a gamble and we thought it was a bit of a bonkers decision it's just not working out at all he's just not the right guy yeah I mean you look at kind of uh, the, the trend in tennis to your point been going on a couple of years now to, you know, to a point kind of legendary players as, as your coach you know that's it it's like you just want that kind of extra edge you know you know at that level you know what to do uh, you know and England's backroom team's big enough to but it's bloated isn't it the, famously bloated England cricket's backroom staff, uh, you know, so they know all the, the game data. They don't need some, you know, another game data person, as you, you know, at the top. They need someone who, you know, who knows how to get the best out of them as, as you know, human beings. Yeah, and I mean, I think you know, there there, there are important elements of strategy and and that sort of stuff that the coach does need to work on. And I I think you can improve international players. You can improve their techniques, but such a huge part of the job is just being the kind of guy that can get a response out of players at, at, at crucial moments in crucial games you know Moores is just not that guy and it's not all his fault you know there are other coaches I think there's questions to be asked about David Saker because you look at Steve Finn and he's a shadow of the bowler that he was a few years ago and that's there's got to be something really wrong there and it, it's not just Finn there's other bowlers as well so there's questions about Saker uh, there's questions about a few of the other coaches and there's big questions about Paul Downton uh, but Moores is the kind of he's the guy above the parapet at the moment and uh, I think you know the buck probably needs to stop with him to a large extent so you know it all needs to change doesn't it and I hope that this will be the catalyst for that change but you know I thought that after England lost to Holland at the World T20 last year it was like well this is rock bottom something's got to change now it's got to be better 
but actually things did change, but they changed for the worse. They brought Moors in, so I'm not sure that it'll necessarily be everything I'm hoping it will be. Well, believe it or not, Tone, the group stages of the World Cup are almost over. Can you remember when they started? Uh, I think uh, President Obama had just been elected. <laughs> Beatlemania was in full swing. The Wright brothers were tinkering around with some sort of flying machine. Uh, but they, they end this week, Tone. We'll miss them when they're over, won't we? Or will we? we well, I don't know. Possibly. Uh, you know, I've realised that this, the World Cup's not only too long for you know, the reasons stated, it's also too long for me to maintain any kind of momentum in fantasy cricket. And so that, that's reason enough for it to be short <laughs> next time. I've had an absolute shocker of a week. I've missed about four matches. <laughs> I fell, after Saturday night, I changed my team in the restaurant and then I fell asleep when I got home without changing my team for the Australia game. Yeah, well, when you were changing your team in the restaurant, I said to you, why don't you make the changes now as well for the Australia game? And you're like, no, 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 I'll do it later. Oh, so stupid. I was livid when I woke up. Absolutely livid. <laughs> <sighs> I'm doing really well, Tone. I'm up, I'm up into eighth. No, I'm pleased for you. I'm up I'm pleased into for you. eighth in the standings, and you're in freefall down in 33rd. Desperate, Tone. Well, I've... I, I've been as high as eight, but I've yeah, certainly dropped a few in this week. It's depressing. But hey, I've still got plenty of subs in the, in the locker, so... It's absolutely no consolation saying I have been as high as something. How much money have you got in your bank account? Well, I've had as much as £2,000, but now a fiver. There's only nine games left in the group stages. I know, and then it's all going to come to a head next week in the knockout rounds. It's so long that you sort of don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> no. You'll get to the quarterfinals, but but it will happen, and then it actually will be quite exciting. I mean, we've got we've got two teams at the moment that are unbeaten. Uh, the first is New Zealand, who are obviously topping Group A. Probably not a surprise that they've not lost yet, but they have been extremely impressive so far, haven't they? They came into the tournament as one of the favourites. Are they now out in front as the favourites? No, I don't think so. I think Australia are still favourites, aren't they? Well, they beat Australia, though, in, in that astonishing game in Auckland. They did, but I'd still put Australia favourites, I think. So there you go. Simple as that. Well, yeah, although I think coming into the tournament, I felt that Australia had the best bowling attack, but I think at this point I would say uh, that New Zealand look even better. I mean, it's just top, top quality, isn't it? Uh, because not only have they got Saudi and Bolt, who are... I think, without a doubt now, the best new ball partnership in the world. But they've also got Daniel Vittori, who's come back and started taking wickets. I think he'd taken, it was like three or four ODI wickets since the last World Cup. But now he's one of the leading wicket takers. And with him there, they've just got an extra dimension to their attack that perhaps Australia don't have. They've used him very effectively so far. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. But I'd still make Australia favourites, yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely determined that <laughs> Australia is still favourite. <laughs> I think so. No, I just think they are favourites. Well, I mean, that game between New Zealand and Australia was incredibly exciting. Obviously, New Zealand won by one wicket in the end. I mean, talk about exciting games. We've complained about the lack of them. Uh, but all of a sudden, they're coming thick and fast, Tone. England v Bangladesh today was exciting. And there were two exciting games in one day on <laughs> Saturday. Can you believe it? Spoiled. Pakistan held off a, a choking South Africa and uh, Ireland beat Zimbabwe by just five runs as well. I was at work for that one, but you were watching it and you were texting me updates, although those updates seem to consist predominantly of you complaining about Mark Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, he did come out with some, some nonsense. 
But that, that was a that was a fantastic match. I mean, there was a, there was a run, wasn't there? If you look back at the results, you know, margins of victory: two hundred and one runs, one hundred and twenty nine runs, two hundred and seventy nine uh, five runs, uh, nine wickets, nine wickets. You know, these it, it was a poor run, but yeah, the last few days have been have been pretty good. Australia Sri Lanka was very good, but yeah, uh, but Ireland Zimbabwe was uh, was excellent. Uh, and again, another game that kind of went both ways right to the end. You thought Zimbabwe were going to win it. Uh, and then somehow Ireland just got themselves over the line. Yeah, I was quite sad for Zimbabwe, actually. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased for Ireland. Everyone's pleased for Ireland, of course, but I'm sad for Zimbabwe because they've actually played pretty well in all of their games, more or less. Uh, and they've had some of the, you know, the, the outstanding players of the tournament. Brendan Taylor, fantastic 100 in that game. And Sean Williams has quietly gone about having an absolutely phenomenal tournament. Yeah, he, well, he's just performed in every game, hasn't he? So it is a, it is a real shame... Uh, they've not really managed to secure the results that perhaps some of their cricketers deserve. Uh, but it's all going to come to a thrilling climax this week in Group B, Tone. Pakistan are playing Ireland in the last game of the group stages. And there's a lot riding on that game, let me tell you. Basically, if Pakistan win, they and West Indies will almost certainly go through, assuming West Indies beat the UAE. If Ireland win, then it all gets very interesting because it will come down to net run rates. So... Whew, it's very exciting. But at the other end of Group B, uh, things are a little bit more straightforward. It looks almost certain that India are going to finish top. They are the other unbeaten team in this tournament. And they came into it, as you'll no doubt remember, at a spectacularly low ebb uh, after a, a dismal tour of Australia. But, I mean, never mind all those defeats against Australia. They've been beaten twice by England, for heaven's sake. And then all of a sudden, you know, they beat Pakistan, they beat South Africa, they beat the West Indies, and so far have looked every inch... World champions, are we? Are we starting to take them seriously now, Tim? They've definitely done much, much better than I'd expected. I mean, I guess you could argue uh, that the games they've played so far, they should have won anyway, regardless of kind of form aside. I mean, apart from the South Africa result, obviously, which kind of I think took everyone a bit by surprise. But they, they, you kind of felt they were always going to beat Pakistan, and uh, Pakistan have, have done much better since that game, haven't they? So, yeah, I think it will be interesting. These next two games for India will be interesting to see just how, uh, how easily or otherwise they can dispatch Ireland and Zimbabwe, who, as we've just said, you know, have been pretty decent. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I, you'd still think India w- wouldn't have enough to get past, to get past New Zealand or Australia from, from Pool A. But... Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I have been impressed by them, no doubt. You know, obviously, we knew that their batting would be really strong. We didn't necessarily think that their bowling would be strong or would be any good at all. But actually, you know, that seam bowling, Shami, Yadav, Mohit, Sharma, they have been quite effective. But yeah, as you say, I think you'd still put them as big second favourites against Australia or New Zealand. And that, you would think, is going to make it hard for them to win the tournament. But having said that, we would have put them as big second favourites against South Africa and they absolutely annihilated them. So yeah, they're definitely uh, emerging as one of the favourites for the tournament. They're almost certainly going to play Bangladesh in the quarter-final. As much as Bangladesh were impressive against England, you're going to put India as big favourites of that game, should be in a semi-final. So, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily bet against them at this point. But yeah, anyway, I mean, it's all very exciting. Lots of World Cups still to come, and we'll be back soon. I think we're going to wrap this episode up here. Um, We did put a Facebook post out and a tweet out asking for people's questions about the World Cup, which we said we'd answer today. We've run out of time a little bit. We'll roll those over to the next episode. Uh, I wrote a little thing here, Tone, for our, you know, we usually, I usually do a much like something. 
So I, I don't want to go away without doing that. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> no, don't waste it. Yeah, go for it. Much like the UK general election campaign may or may not be, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been full of debate. <laughs> we decided to empty chair David Cameron and press ahead without him. Uh, but, uh, but after all that debate, it's time to bring it to an end. How's that for satire, Tone? Very timely, yeah. Bit, bit clunky, maybe? Maybe about two or three days late, but... <laughs> but yeah, still relevant. That's why I phoned you up on Friday, pleading with you to record an episode then. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, like I say, that's, that's it for this week. World Cricket Show listeners may wish to join in the Fantasy League, which we talked about very briefly there, uh, with Tony struggling big time and, and Bayfield wowing everybody with his, his charge into eighth place. Guess how many points I got in the, the Australia-Sri Lanka game? Zero. Minus one. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just depressing, really. <laughs> really, truly depressing. But then again, I'm not, I'm not far off. You know, a couple of good matches still in it. Well, we've got a World Cricket Show Fantasy Mini League running on the official game, which is fantasy.icc-cricket.com. And you can join our league using the pin 22025. There's different standings for the knockout stages. So lots to play for still, even if you haven't got your team in yet. Other things that you could do online, if you like the World Cricket Show, you could like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show. Follow us on Twitter. The show account is at cricket show. I'm at Adam Bayfield 12. Tony is at Tony Cover, T-O-N-Y-C-V-R-R. Uh, send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. If you're doing your shopping on amazon.co.uk, we would love it if you went, first of all, to cricketshow.net and followed the link there because then you know it doesn't cost you anything extra but we get a little bit of a kickback and if you've got a spare minute or two this week we really appreciate all the reviews that people leave for us on iTunes uh, because it does help to attract new listeners but that's it Tone are you still awake? I just about made it through <laughs> are you going to go back to bed? or? Uh, I mean it, it is uh... 4.15 in the afternoon yeah, I think I might have another 10 minutes of, uh, of ziz. I, I'd struggle to nap these days because then I can't sleep at night. <laughs> I really am an old man. No, I quite like a little nap. Yeah, got football tonight, so let's go and rest the, uh, rest the legs. Well, enjoy that, Tone. I hope listeners enjoy the World Cup. I hope everyone's not too depressed about uh, England getting knocked out. And by everyone, I mean England fans who don't hate England. Stay in school, everybody. Tony's yawning again, so that's definitely it for now. <laughs> And we'll see you next time. Cheerio. Bye. Each day, each year, year, year. I can smell your fear. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.